Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma this morning. I escaped down here to the bunkhouse. It's early. Nobody else is up and I didn't want to wake anybody up by making noise. So I've come down to one of my favorite places at our facility and that's that's the bunkhouse. I've talked about this before, but uh, I love the vibe down here. Just Western and a lot of memories. He brings back a lot of memories from events and people that have been here. And it's, uh, yeah, just, it's a, it's a great way for me to kind of set the mood. A lot of times in the mornings, I'll even come back over in here and get me another cup of coffee and sit down for a second, kind of gather my thoughts when I'm training horses and when I'm working around our, our place. And, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's where I'm coming from this morning. Today, a couple things I want to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about a clinic, two clinics we had in Fargo, North Dakota here about a month ago. We're going to talk about that first, and then, on, then I'm going to talk about an interview I did yesterday on Better Horses Radio and the question they asked me about the mental side of, of being in a state of mind to have success. And that is a really interesting and intriguing subject to me because everything that I teach and everything that I've studied since my career changed, my career path changed, there's a lot of things I've learned after the fact that would have been extremely beneficial when I was in the heat of battle. But, you know, that's, uh, that's why I always say, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. I, I, I love everything about our industry and what we do. And I love the training side of it. I love the teaching side of it. I love the competition side of it, though I'll be the first to admit that's not the number one focus of my motivation and and my discipline at this point in my career, but I still enjoy it tremendously. And so we're going to talk about that. But first, going back to, we had two big back-to-back clinics in Fargo, North Dakota at Brittany Brant's facility, which Brittany, we've been there, I think going on three years now. And it's just a, it's just a wonderful facility. And Brittany is very gracious to let us come in and, and occupy her facility for four days straight with, with trainers. And uh, I mean, I enjoy all my clinics, but that is definitely one of my favorite clinics because of the facility, the people, and and Carrie, formerly Carrie Arnson. When I first met her, she was Carrie Arnson, and she got married a couple years ago. Her married name is Carrie Schutz. Carrie Arnson is a unique individual in this industry because she, uh, Carrie is basically a one-stop shop with your horse. I mean, she has got so much experience on the training side so much experience on 
understanding a horse's body. I mean, she's an outstanding shoer. I mean, she shod one of my horses while I was up there. And basically, I don't know if I gave a reason or an excuse why I hadn't shot him, but I think I was just probably being lazy or just putting it off. And, you know, it's, I would say it was one of the best shoe jobs, if not the best since that he's had on him since I've owned him. And, uh, you know, she's just very, very knowledgeable and she just does such a wonderful job hosting. And, you know, she's unique in the fact that she has plenty of experience and knowledge and has had plenty of success and she is able to teach and she could, and I told her when I was up there that you need to, you need to be doing what I'm doing. And she, she does a few clinics. She's starting out going to start doing more. Carrie's such a good host, but here's the thing that's so unique about Carrie is she is uh, at an elite level period with horses. I don't, I'd match her against anybody. And, but the thing is, she's always looking to benefit from someone else's strengths. Someone else that if there's something that she's missing, like she always asks me to ride her horses when I'm up there says, here, get on this horse and tell me what you're feeling. And it's not like I rode a bunch of them, you know, I might ride one or two get on one or two horses, but she's really, really good about that. And what, and I, and we've talked about this some, but what she's, what she's done is she's understood her strengths. And then if there is something that might be missing, she relies on others strengths to help her find that if she needs it. Like I got on a five-year-old mare of hers. It's just a powerhouse. And she has done a ton of training on that horse and a ton of progression. And that horse is right on the verge of being elite. And when I say elite, I mean elite. But there was a little spot in there where when that mare would get in a certain position, a certain situation, she'd go to panicking a little bit. And when I rode her, it's easy for me because I'm just... I'm just responding off of what I feel. I don't have all the background in history with that horse. So for me, it's real easy because I get on and I have a clean slate. I'm not, I'm not wondering about how she was or what all's happened in the past. And so there was a couple moments in there where she got in a situation where she kind of got panicky and, and, it got a little bit ugly there for a minute, like backing up. She was real sticky footed at times, not always, but sometimes. Well, it's almost like she got to a certain point and then the panic button went off. Well, we worked through that and there was, there was some popping up. There was some, some kind of, there's some hops in there where she didn't want to get her feet moving. And in a short period of time, I mean, when I ask one to move their feet, they're going to move their feet or they are going to get stimulated to move their feet. Plain and simple. No negotiation. No negotiation. Because here's the thing. Once I eliminate the negotiation, I can get them super soft. But if you want to negotiate, there's going to be a point in there where we're both stuck and something's got to give. 
Well, this mare had that in her. Well, as soon as we addressed that, then it started to improve a couple other situations where she would do the same thing. See, in those situations, what you're doing is you're dealing with the mental side of it. The body's stuck, but the body's only stuck because the mind sticks. The mind flips that switch to the reacting side of their brain and goes into self-defense mode. Well, you know, just like after I left there, I talked to Carrie here just a week or so ago and we were just catching up and, and she said that that horse has been doing awesome. She's, I think the last place she took her, she won the 1D, cruised through the pattern, you know, really, really nice. And she said she's just been, you know, doing great. Well, you know, in Carrie's, you know, this, this is a real asset that Carrie has. Carrie is not afraid to hear what you have to say. If I would have told her, well, you know, you're doing this or this or this cause, you know, she would have took that fine. She's feedback is a blessing, but really and truly just what gave her more confidence was seeing, you know, what I did in that situation. And this isn't because I got some special talent. It's just because I've had been around longer and the longer you get to stay around, the more knowledge, the more experience you gain. And, and I tell everybody at all my events, that's what I have to share. I mean, are you going to get the same out of my clinic when I'm 59 versus when I was 29? No. No. In fact, when I was 29, you might have left thinking I was an idiot. You know? I mean, I was, I was probably doing some things okay. But... You know, I did, I needed to live through some more hard times to to start to progress and learn and you know adjust. And so you know that's that's one thing that I just so much admire in what Carrie does. And she's the she's such a great host. She's such a hard worker, takes care of business. You know, I just I I always enjoy that week up there so much and i just i can't thank carrie enough for hosting that clinic and for all the trainers and it's just like uh you know i I got to reconnect with christy richards we went to grade school together and i haven't seen christy we were talking about it which I hadn't seen her forever, but it seemed like we'd seen each other not that long ago. You know, just one of those deals. When you, we went through grade school through, I think her freshman year of high school, and then they moved to Kansas or moved to, moved over by on the Eastern side of the state and then to Kansas, I believe was the process there. But, you know, it's such a small world in this industry and we got to uh, reconnect and I, Gosh, I just enjoyed that. Her and her husband, Doug. And there were so many good people that were at that clinic. And uh, just like always, I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. I get, I get to work with the best people in the world. And that's that's you all. That's the people in our industry. Don't, don't underestimate the value of what you have ethically, morally, 
you know, we care about livestock. We care about people. We try hard. Don't underestimate that. Every day, you should thank God for that ability, and we should appreciate what we have. Don't be looking on the other side of the fence all the time. Pat yourself on the back for what what we have in this industry because we got the best deal going. And I I know I kind of beat that to death, but you know what? People need to hear it and we need to be reminded of it because it's just like today. Today, I'm actually going to get lens replacement surgery in my eyes. And I don't know if I'm a little nervous about it or what or i just couldn't sleep last night but about 3 30 i'm wide awake and i roll around there till about 4 30 and get up drink coffee collect my thoughts you know now i'm doing a podcast but today i i know after this surgery it's uh you know for two weeks you're not supposed to do much but especially for the first week or so and gosh i'm gonna miss not getting to work horses and I'm going to miss not being at the barn, but you know, it'll just, uh, kind of revive, uh, my energy because I can only sit so long. I mean, f- for me, idle time's the devil's workshop. <laughs> I get bored and I start doing things I don't normally do like snack nonstop. I love snacks. And, uh, and then after, Pretty much what I do is, and get ready for some of you, because I'll just be snacking, bored, and calling people. <laughs> it'll, it'll be my catch-up time. So you may be getting a call today. Be ready to screen your calls if I call, because you know I'm sitting around doing nothing bored out of my mind. But uh, anyway, got a little off subject there, but that's all right. Anyway, I want to, here again, I want to thank Carrie so much. I want to thank Brittany for opening their arena, her facility up to us. It's just, it's just a wonderful place to go. And I always enjoy it so much. Second topic for today. Yesterday, I did an interview on Better Horses Radio with Don Dawson and Ron McDaniel. And if you get a chance, go on and listen to Better Horses Radio. They do, they do such a great job promoting the people and the products in our industry and putting out good information. And they've been doing it for a long time. Better Horses Radio was started by Ernie Rodina, a dear friend of mine. Ernie passed away this last year. And and I'm so thankful that Don and Ron are carrying on the torch and carrying on the radio show. And because I promise you for Ernie, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the money. It was about providing a service, doing something he enjoyed. He put his heart and soul into it. And yeah, it was a passion. When you have a passion, you, you don't mind working 70, 80, 90 hours. So, but anyway, if you get a chance, follow Better Horses Radio. You'll love it. You'll love it. If you like this podcast, you'll love Better Horses Radio. So the question yesterday for me was Don's granddaughter was actually at a breakaway school that I did during Equifest two years ago. And so, and she ropes real well. And so there she had a breakaway question and it wasn't necessarily a breakaway question, but it was about controlling 
the mental game or, you know, building your mental game when you're competing. And really, just like training a horse, training a horse, though you're, while I have a horse in training, I never compete on them, probably, you know, just in that short amount of time that I have them. But at the same time, I approach it the same way as if I was getting ready to compete, to show a horse. It's just like I have a really, really good two-year-old coming three-year-old filly by Slick by Design and out of a cut and bred mare that Hadley and Sonia Reed own. And Hadley and and, uh, I and Bridget and Sonia are partners on this filly. And she's a really, really good filly. She's going to be in the Ruby Buckle sale this spring. And, And just like with her, when we were talking about the mental game, and how you get ready, and how you prepare to win. Well, even like if you're competing in the rope and the barrel racing, or getting a horse ready for a sale, I I prepare for that sale just like I'm preparing to win. I mean, I expect, you know, my goal is to top the sale. And my goal is always to top the sale. Now, more times than not, I may not top the sale. I don't go to a lot of sales anymore. But you know, that is my goal. And then I implement a plan. Then I make a plan to say, okay, what do I need to be ready to do that? And, and the biggest part of that is, is understanding the process of my preparation. See, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. And at our, during our mentorship weeks, We have the mentorship weeks are basically comprised of three phases, obviously a lot of horsemanship principles, then personal development, then business plans. And doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You have to have the other two to be good at the first one. If you're going to be great at your horsemanship, you got to be great at personal development and you got to be great at developing your plan. But if you're going to be a teacher, if you're going to be a nurse, a vet, you know, if you're going to run a tire shop, you better be really good at understanding what people need for tires, putting tires on their vehicle in a way that is safe and have a quality product. You better be able to handle people and make people feel good when they're there and be kind and be informative well that's the personal development side and then you better have a plan on how you run your business you know and so it it doesn't matter what field you're in you need those three aspects well it's just like with that philly going back to don's question you know how do you how do you control or how do you manage your mental game to me here's what I always go back to is that one statement success is where preparation and opportunity meet. Okay. Well, I can't always control the opportunity. It's just like that sale in April at Ruby Buckle. Now this Philly and I call her Hadley, this Philly We'll be ready. I'll have her ready. She's already ready. So the preparation 
will be there. Now the opportunity is this, the timing for the right person that's looking for that type of filly to go on with, that person probably will be there, but, but may not. The other opportunity is where does that horse sell in the sale? Sometimes if you, if you draw a bad spot in the sale and you're later in the sale, when you're in a building at a sale, there's a set amount of money that's going to be spent. And if that money's gone, it's gone. So the opportunity, I don't have as much control over, though we're picking a date. They're marketing that date. There's going to be a lot of people there. I'm probably going to get my Philly sold. But the preparation, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'll get her showed. You know, she's going to be really and truly, they don't let you show them for very long. I think it's 90 seconds or a couple minutes tops in the showing, but she'll be around there for several days. There'll be lots of video on her. The preparation will have been done. Whoever gets her home, they're probably, if they like her at all at the sale, they'll love her when they get her home. Well, that's the preparation because here's the deal there. You know, if I'm prepared, even if, even if say worst case scenario, for whatever reason, I end up bringing her home. She doesn't meet my reserve. doesn't matter. I still got a great horse. You know, the timing just wasn't right. I can't control timing, but the next person that pulls in to try her and look at her, she'll be ready. I don't pick a deadline and go, okay, I'm going to try to be ready just at that date. Like if you're getting ready for a roping in two weeks, you should be ready today. Not, not in two weeks. I mean, this year we're not going out to Las Vegas to rope because Wade and Gentry just had a baby girl three months ago. We've had a lot going on. Our schedule's been busy. I haven't had the time to prepare. I roped the other day, roped last week once and have been roping the dummy. But and it and it felt good when I roped. And the reason it felt good is because I was on Reba. And I mean, if you can't catch on Reba, you ain't probably gonna catch on anything. And so, you know, it was a it was a decent practice session, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to be consistent. Doesn't mean I'm prepared. You know, the the thing about preparation is understanding the commitment. And that doesn't mean you have to put in long, grueling hours, but it means you've got to be consistent and you got to be disciplined and you got to have a plan. Just formulate a plan. I don't care if you, I don't care who you need to visit with. You know, like next year, before we go to Las Vegas, because I think we'll probably end up going back next year. Next year, I've already made a plan for my preparation and that is next year I am going to get with a mentor and I'm going to go rope with them and I when I say a mentor it will be you know an NFR healer and I'm going to get with a mentor and I'm going to go rope with them take a lesson once a week hopefully for two or three months because I'm, I'm, I like being ready. And here's the other thing too. It's just like where I'm at 
physically in my life, which this is a funny story. Not really because my knee's blown up, but I'm working out and I had this great idea to get to jump rope. I was going to start adding jump rope into my workout. Well, it's going great until I increased the numbers. I was going 100 at a time and I was doing that in two sets. And I'm out there on the patio one morning and it's just right at, it's just about daylight and I'm out there jumping rope and it's on concrete, which was not smart either. And I tore the meniscus in my knee or that's what they think. I still have to get the MRI, but I got an injection in my knee yesterday <laughs> because I tore my knee up jumping rope. Well, I tell that story because physically, you know, physically, I am i don't have the gifts that I had 30 years ago. There are things now I have to work really, really hard in my preparation to probably be 60 or 70% of what I once was. Maybe 50%, you know, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, I'll take the experience over that anytime. Because when I was 29, I didn't, I didn't completely understand what I needed to do and how I needed to do it to be successful. Um, I was, I was living off just some gifts, you know, and, and I had a few, I had some skills, but, but really and truly I, you're, you're living off youth still, you know, and it sounds like, well, 29 is not youth. You're not young. Yeah, you are. You're young at 29. <laughs> Believe me. And, and so, you know, that preparation, when, when you think about mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially preparing, you really, to me, all five of those areas need to be addressed. I mean, you know, it's more, there's more to it than just preparing with your rope. It's how you feel about yourself. Are you stressed over finances? Are you stressed over something else that's going on in your life? If you are, you need to learn how to deal with that thought, deal with, with what's going on in your life, right? When I, when I say spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, you know, those areas can easily be addressed and here's the thing in each of these those areas success is where preparation meets opportunity so just give yourself a chance to prepare give yourself a chance you know financially if you if you need some padding in your bank account get a short-term gig get a part-time gig for a short amount of time or whatever you need to do Sell something you don't need. Get rid of the dead weight around your place, right? You know, if you've got a horse that you're not doing anything with and, and there's not a plan for that horse in the next year, you might might want to turn them into cash. Get them off the feed bill. Put the money in your pocket. It's a win-win. I mean, it costs 3500 a year just to have one around this place, and that's with, that's with minimal shoeing, you know? That's... Uh, you know, it costs, I just figure 
it's really tough to keep it under 10 bucks a day feeding one. So, you know, when you, when you look at that, really and truly, if you're with your vaccinations, your shoeing, you know, it's going to, in doing it right, it's going to bump up around 4,500 to 5,000. That's coming out of your pocket. Well, I mean, now at the same time, when you're, when you're advancing that horse, you're making money too. But you know, there's, there's all those things to look at in your preparation. Just always remember this success is where preparation and opportunity meet. And I think for the mental side of your game, that's what needs to be focused on, or that's what I have to focus on. And I, and I focus on all five phases of that. So Anyway, that was a great question that Don asked, and, and you can listen to that episode on Better Horses Radio. I just appreciate them so much for having me on. And I tell you what, I appreciate you all for listening. We're bumping up. I believe we're going to hit the million download mark before the first of the year. And we're, you know, that's a, that's a mark I never thought we'd meet. And so I, I just appreciate you so much. Thanks for all the feedback. Have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.